You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are doing great. We finally made it to the weekend or on the doorstep of the weekend, but plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. We continue our look back at BYU football history, talking about the 1982 season. Steve Young takes over control of the BYU offense. How did things go? We'll talk about that. We'll also finish up our Independence Week here on Locked On Cougars. Some thoughts on independence for BYU as a football program what it means, what to expect, all that fun stuff. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU athletics, including some fun responses from you guys on Twitter to a pretty innocuous question. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. A reminder for you guys to check out all the different Locked On College Football Channel shows, in particular, the Locked On Conference channels, Locked On ACC, Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, I think I did I do Big Ten? Well, there's five of them, the Power 5. Five conferences. They have their own individual podcasts. You can download them wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, without further ado, on a Friday, let's have some fun. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 9th, 2021. What's good, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I, of course, work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hope you all are doing great here on a Friday. But a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you guys are following this show on whichever podcast provider you happen to be listening to us on. If you happen to be listening to us on the Megaphone app itself, well, guess what? We're on a podcast provider. Most of your smart devices have a native podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts for iOS, devices, Apple devices, or on Google. It's usually Google Podcasts. You can download Spotify. There's a million, it feels like, different podcast providers out there. Make sure you download it and make sure you hit that follow button and join us every single day here on the podcast. We're making that push. I've reminded you guys every day this week that most of you, our metrics say, listens to an average of 2.4 shows per week. And you guys have made us a top five show on the Locked On Podcast Network for that metric. I want to push that to three, if not four shows a week for each of you. I want to be number one in the network in terms of our listeners and the average number of shows you guys listen to each week. So yes, I'm asking you're at about 40% if you hit two of five shows in a week. I want you to get to 60 or 80% and listen to the show that often. Five days a week is even preferable as well. And a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating and a review, those are worth their weight in podcast gold as well. So a big thank you for you guys' support of the podcast as always. All right, getting going here on a Friday. Let's talk a little bit about independence for BYU. This week, I kind of kicked it off earlier on in the week, Monday, May 5th, not May 5th. Wow, where did May come from? It's July. What are you doing, Hatch? Anyways, on July 5th, I talked a little bit about 10 years of independence for BYU football. And this week, I've been talking about different topics relating to that throughout different episodes of this show. It's been fun to do. And today, 
I don't necessarily have a specific topic in mind relating to independence, but I just kind of wanted to share my thoughts on BYU as an independent. I think many of you have listened to this podcast for many, many years, understand that I am a proponent of BYU being an independent football program. It is my opinion, just based on the experience I that I've watched BYU, and uh, in the interest of full disclosure, my media career, my professional media career, essentially coincides with the decade that BYU has been an independent program. All the way back in 2010, the summer of 2010, I was hired on by Greg Rebell as an intern to work with him during that football season. So I spent one year working as an intern for Greg Rebell with the Cougars in their final year of membership in the Mountain West Conference. But then after that, in 2011, and carrying on through then in my quote-unquote professional media career, I have been covering BYU as an independent. Now, that's a limited scope. I understand that. But I have watched BYU football for the better part of two decades before that. And it is my belief that BYU probably should have gone independent earlier, if I'm being honest. I think BYU would have done well to be an independent program, to put together stellar schedules, go across the country, uh, bandwagon, if you will, and go play big name after big name. I think that BYU as an independent program is just a tailor-made fit for the Cougars. Now, is it a long-term solution? That is the question there. It is my opinion that if the second BYU gets an offer, official offer in writing or via email, whatever it is, saying, Dear Brigham Young University, we are cordially inviting you to join, insert conference name here, in my opinion, most likely the Big 12. If you're Tom Homo, you can't sign that document fast enough and ship it right back off to Big 12 or whatever other conference headquarters. And you would do that in a heartbeat. Until that happens, stay the course. Plain and simple. This is my plea to the BYU Athletic Department is just continue doing what you are doing. You're having success. The 2020 season is one of those dream seasons that BYU fans have been hoping for for the better part of two decades, probably reaching all the way back at least to 2006, 2007, 2008, that realm, and before that, 2001, 96, before that. There are special seasons in there that make different generations of BYU BYU Cougar fans, fans, plain and simple. I can tell you this much. I was a BYU fan before becoming a media member. And you know what lured me in? 1996. That solidified me forever being an aficionado of the Cougars. Now, my relationship with BYU has changed as a member of being the media. I have to look at things a little differently. I guess I, quote unquote, I look at it through more critical or cynical eyes as a member of the media. I'm looking for storylines versus just going on emotion. Uh, And I have to admit my emotions have gotten in the way before in my coverage of BYU. It's gotten in the way of this podcast, probably. Those of you who've listened for long enough, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a blast to be with you guys talking about this every day. But I think the BYU needs to stay the course. I love the schedules that BYU plays. It offers me, in the rare chances I'm able to get away from the studio and travel to away games to go to different locations, see BYU play in venues they've never played in before. You're seeing opponents that BYU otherwise probably doesn't have access to coming to Provo to take on the Cougars. 
it is a ton of fun to have BYU be an independent program. This year, I know some of you are planning on making the trip to Las Vegas to watch the Cougars take on Arizona at Allegiant Stadium. I know a number of you are probably going to Waco to watch the Cougars take on Baylor with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos on the opposing sideline. Some of you are probably going to Washington State. Some of you may even be crazy enough to go down to Georgia just Southern, fly into Savannah, Georgia, drive over to Statesboro, and go check out what GSU's got to offer. And I'm sure a number of you are already planning to make the trip to L.A. to watch in the Coliseum as BYU takes on USC in the regular season finale. BYU fans travel in droves, and the best part is a lot of them don't even travel that far. There are BYU fans literally nationwide and internationally. I'm speaking to you, Glenn Lumen, out there in the Philippines. I know we have some listeners in Hong Kong. I've seen people pop up on the Apple charts in places as far away as Mongolia, Germany, Turkey. It's absolutely incredible to see the reach of this podcast and to see the reach of BYU athletics, and in particular, BYU football. So, it is my personal belief, this is my quote-unquote plea, or whatever you want to term it, to Tom Homo, the BYU Athletic Administration, until you get an offer from a Power 5 conference Continue doing what you're doing as an independent football program. The West Coast Conference is a good home for BYU's other sports. The MPSF, for the sports that don't fit in that conference, has been BYU's longtime home. Men's volleyball is in that category. Track and field actually have gone independent, I believe, in outdoor. They might be in the MPSF and indoor in terms of their seasons, but nonetheless... BYU's in a good spot right now. They're making more money than they ever have. They could obviously make more going into a Power 5 conference. There's no doubt about that. And I think that if the opportunity were to come, I would say you jump in feet first and say, we're happy to be here. We're happy to be members of this conference. But until that day comes, stay the course. Stay independent. Stay flexible. Just do the things you are doing. People are noticing you. People are paying attention to you. People are paying attention to the BYU brand. It has never been more prominent in my mind than it is right now. So, independence, in my opinion, this is just Jake Hatch speaking, is working. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll look back in BYU football history at one of the better seasons, one of the better stretches of BYU football history, talking about the 1982 season for the Cougars. We'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show, though, is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, my friends. Of course, baseball season in full swing, the NBA Finals ongoing. You want to bet on future odds when it comes to MLB, not MLB, NFL, or college football, win totals, that type of stuff for this coming fall. You can do it all at BetOnline. You can head over to the BetOnline.ag website. Sign up for free, by the way. It's free to sign up for an account, but they also are offering our listeners an exclusive 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. 50%, 5-0. It's free money to bet with. All you got to do is go to BetOnline.ag and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get that 50% of whatever you deposit the first time added to your account. Simple conversion method. 10 bucks yields 15 bucks. 100 bucks, 150 bucks. You guys can do the math. 50 bucks, 75. I don't need to keep doing this. 
Check it out now. Take advantage of it now. That's promo code locked on when you get to betonline.ag and make that first deposit. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. Continuing on now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, looking back at the 1982 season for the BYU football program, and it was one of transition once again. We previously talked about the transition from Gary Scheide to Gifford Nilsson to Mark Wilson to Jim McMahon, and now Steve Young steps to the forefront in our countdown here. 1982 was Steve Young's junior season, and he took control of the BYU offense. He had had starts previous to this in his career, obviously, as we talked about on yesterday's podcast in 1981. Uh, Jim McMahon was injured in a game at Colorado. The next two games, a win and a loss to UNLV, were the two games that Steve Young started that season. And by the way, in doing research for this, did you guys know that a nickname that Jim McMahon gave Steve Young was Captain Paranoid? Now, the context for it is that Steve Young, and he has acknowledged this, his uh, book, his autobiography written with Jeff Benedict, as an autobiography if you read it with somebody else, but nonetheless, My Life Behind the Spiral, he talked about the fact that he had what is called performance anxiety when it came to athletics. He was just so um, uptight about his performance and being the best that he could be, it affected his performance. And Jim McMahon took note of it, and apparently, according to the BYU yearbook about the 19th, 1982 season said in 1981 that Jim McMahon called Steve Young of all things Captain Paranoid. So there you go, a little fun fact. You can tell your friends about Steve Young that they may not know that his nickname at one point was Captain Paranoid, according to Jim McMahon. But nonetheless, Steve Young takes control of the BYU offense in 1982, and obviously that UNLV loss that he he and the rest of the Cougars suffered 45-41 to midseason in 1981 really derailed what was a great season. It snapped a 17-game win streak. Well, BYU was intent on getting some payback as they traveled to the Silver Bowl down there in Whitney, Nevada to take on UNLV to kick off the 1982 season and they took care of business beating UNLV 27 to nothing. They absolutely pummeled them according to BYU's yearbook. The weather that day was blazing hot as it is in early September in Las Vegas. Said somewhere around 115 degrees. Ooh. Just that that's hot. So BYU starts off the season in fine fashion. Then they traveled cross country to Athens, Georgia to Sanford Stadium to take on number six ranked Georgia. And BYU gave Herschel Walker and the rest of the Georgia Bulldogs everything they could handle. It was tied 14-14 late into this game with 80,000 fans on hand before an 44-yard field goal proved to be the difference to lift a Walker and the rest of the Georgia Bulldogs to a victory. But BYU acquitted themselves quite well in that loss because the quotes coming out of it quote here from Herschel Walker lucky that's what we were they're a solid football team we expected a tough game and I'll tell you what we got one Vince Dooley the head coach for BYU also had this quote when I saw what I saw out there was not only a great passing team but a very fine total football team they gave us everything we wanted I'm glad they're going back to Utah and I hope we don't see them for a good long while unquote BYU proved that they could do an SEC country. The only thing better, obviously, would have been to win that game. But you're facing one of the all-timers in Herschel Walker. You lose by three, you dust yourself off and move on. But BYU followed that up, that loss, got bruised up a little bit, then faced Air Force finally at Cougar Stadium on September 25th after a bye week. Uh, and Air Force 
gave BYU everything they could handle. They traded punches back and forth. Air Force went on a 98-yard touchdown drive late in this game and then opted to go for two. I believe Fisher DeBerry was the head coach at this point. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that was too early for Fisher DeBerry. I apologize. It's not Fisher DeBerry's era. But nonetheless, Air Force opted to go for two, got it, and got out of Provo with a 39-38 victory. Uh, One of those games that will stick in BYU's fans' craw, obviously, if you lose in that fashion. So to start the season, off to a bumpy start with Steve Young at the helm of the BYU offense at 1-2. and Then the Cougars went on to reel off four straight wins. They The next week traveled to UTEP, beat the Miners 51-3, to followed that up with a road game at New Mexico, winning 40-12. to They had Hawaii come to Provo, won that game 39-25, to and then pummeled Colorado State 34-18. to But then a stunner. BYU travels the day before Halloween in 1982, October 30th, to Romney Stadium up there in Logan to take on Utah State, and Utah State stuns BYU for their first victory in the battle for the old wagon wheel since 1973, so nearly a decade since the Aggies had last beaten the Cougars, and the Aggies pull off a 20-17 upset, and Utah State led essentially the whole way. They are up 20, I believe 14-3 in the first half, and never relinquished the lead. BYU did everything they could to get themselves back into it, but BYU loses their third game of the season, but they bounce back from it. They host Wyoming the next week, beat the Cowboys 23-13, smash San Diego State 58-8 on November 13th, and then Utah came up on the schedule at Rice Stadium in Salt Lake City. BYU went to Utah, and the Utes put up 293 rushing yards on the Cougars. And let's be honest, almost 300 yards rushing from your opponent, you would expect that you're going to be in trouble? Well, BYU was. They won the game 17-12. to BYU had just barely over 300 yards total offense in that game, but they escaped with the victory. And as such, they win the WAC title once again and a fifth straight visit to the Holiday Bowl. The Cougars finished the year 8-4 and overall. They were 7-1 and in the WAC. They uh, were... Second place behind them was New Mexico, who went six and one and finished ten and one overall. Speaking of the Lobos, so obviously the Lobos had hopes of winning the WAC and a double-digit win season doesn't always happen in Albuquerque. It actually very rarely happens. But BYU wins the WAC once again, the eighth straight conference title for Lavelle Edwards in his eleventh season at the helm of the BYU football program. And the Cougars, sitting at eight and three, went to Jack Murphy Stadium to take on number seventeen Ohio State. Yes, Woody Dixon and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And what happened in the Utah game pretended what was going to happen in the Holiday Bowl. Ohio State ran through, around, and over the Cougars in a thorough 47-17 blowout victory in front of 52,533 fans down there in San Diego. So BYU got two straight bowl wins we talked about in 1980 and 1981. Well, it came crashing down in 1982. On the season, BYU 8-4 overall, 7-1 in the whack. And I think all things considered a pretty decent season. A little bit of a downturn obviously because we're talking in this run here of 1979 through 1984. You're talking 10-11, a 12-win season upcoming in 1984. You go 8-4, and four, that's considered a disappointment, I, I, frankly. But BYU, as we will learn on Monday, we'll talk about the 1983 season. Steve Young's final season at the helm of the BYU offense. He's a senior. Goes on, obviously, as we all know, to end up being a Super Bowl champion in the NFL. What did he have during his senior season for BYU? We'll talk about that on Monday's edition of the podcast. By the way, just notes from the 1982 season included Gordon Hudson being an all a consensus all 
All-American. The second straight year, BYU had a consensus All-American. Jim McMahon obviously achieved a consensus All-American status in 1981. Steve Young, for his efforts on the season, was named first team All-WAC, also as WAC Offensive Player of the Year. Essentially, if you were a BYU quarterback and you had any degree of success during this era, you were going to be the WAC Offensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, great season for Steve Young, all things considered. 3,100 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, 18, 18 interceptions, though. Not so great, 19 sacks. But Young was a different type of quarterback, as we all know. A very mobile quarterback, had a great arm nonetheless as well. He did add 641 rushing yards, uh, lost 234 on 19 sacks. Grand total of 407 rushing yards on the season and 10 touchdowns. So pretty impressive dual-threat quarterback capability. And obviously, we're going to talk about 1983 and his much better senior campaign than his junior campaign. Gordon Hudson, as we mentioned, a consensus All-American. 67 receptions, leading BYU with 928 yards, six touchdowns on the year, all of those leading numbers for the BYU football program that season. And then one other note for you is that David Ipu and Todd Shell, as well as Marv Allen, excuse me, the three players top BYU's defense, all went over 100 tackles on the season. Uh, fantastic years for all of them along the way. And current BYU athletic director Tom Homo tied for the team lead with three interceptions in 1982. Also, one thing I failed to note on yesterday's podcast is one of the greatest Lavelle Edward quotes of all time. We talked about how in 1981 BYU went to Wyoming and lost that game 33-20. to uh, What I failed to note, and I, I apologize for this, is they lost that game in a snowstorm. And Lavelle Edwards, not usually a guy to really ruffle feathers with his quotes, but one of these quotes will live on forever, said, quote, I'd rather lose and let I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie, unquote, after that 33 to 20 loss in 1981 in Laramie. So there you go. One of those all timers in BYU football history. And let's be honest, Laramie in the winter. Yeah, no thank you. All right, that's going to do it for 1982. 1983 upcoming on Monday and Tuesday, folks. We're talking about it. The National Championship, 1984. Stay tuned for that. It'll have a lot of fun early on next week. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan as we round out the week here on the podcast, including your guys' answers to a question from social media. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's obviously impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure their questions and them looking up things on a computer when you can do the same thing with your smartphone, your smart device, or even your own computer? You can find all the parts you need by going to rockauto.com, both at home or wherever you might be. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, guys. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet if you need it. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto part needs. While you're there at rockauto.com, check it out. And while you're there, make sure to write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they can give some credit for you guys going to check them out and us shipping them, shipping you their way. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense. But nonetheless, check them out now, guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car trucker SUV will ever need, check them out at rockauto.com. 
Folks, this is it. This is your last chance, last time I'm going to remind you guys that you have a limited time to take advantage of Built Bar's offer of their Grasshopper Cookie Flavor. It's available this week only at Built.com. It is one of, if not the best flavor that Built Bar has ever put out there. You guys know I'm a huge aficionado of these protein bars. I truly believe they are the best tasting protein bars ever. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a built bar. Give them an opportunity. And like I said, this grasshopper cookie flavor, if that's something that sounds intriguing to you, you got to get your order in now. It's one of those limited time runs. We're not sure when it's going to come back. I've ordered mine. I already showed up at my house in a day because I live, what, uh, two miles away from their factory. But nonetheless, they're absolutely phenomenal. Get to built.com right now. Place your order. If grasshopper cookie is not your cup of tea they have 10 other flavors out there both nut and non-nut flavors fruit flavors coconut almond flavor to me tastes like an almond joy you can give them all of them a shot by going to built.com right now and while you're there use the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your next order. you heard that right save 15 percent at built.com using that promo code locked 15 don't waste any more time. Get to built.com, place your order now, and use that promo code LOCKED15 and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, folks, before we go here on today's show, I do need to read this from BYU's Banyan in their yearbook. I saw it right as I finished up that last segment. I got to read it here. So, quote, as the final seconds of the Air Force game slid away, a pained old woman of considerable cougar persuasion peered down toward the field and with wrinkled expression barked, what the hell's going on here? I added the voice for effect. Every now and again, we all had wondered this 1982 season could have, in fact, been an ugly one for BYU. The King of Mount football slipped against Georgia, Air Force, and horrors, Utah State, all in rainstorms. So apparently it was the year of weather for BYU. But if the Cougars hated the rain, they loved the sunshine. With clear skies, BYU was undefeated. Luckily, fall weather wasn't too bad this time around. At season's end, mein gut, BYU had put away the rest of the whack and earned another trip to the Holiday Bowl. You had the feeling this Cougar team wasn't too bad after all. Nobody likes Ohio State anyway, unquote. Signed, Gordon Monson. Yeah, there you go. Little tidbit for you guys. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, pretty interesting to see that quote there. All right, on to other news before we go here on today's show is best wishes and good things here for BYU running back Jackson McChesney. He announced himself healthy and cleared to resume action for BYU, as many of you will recall. In the Navy game last year, he suffered a Liz Frank injury and had been out for the rest of the year. It's great to hear that he's been cleared to resume football activities. I'm hopeful that he can make an impact for BYU this coming season. The running back room is very very deep. You got two senior leaders with both Lopini and Katoa and Tyler Algier there and actually technically there's probably still juniors due to the COVID year. This whole situation is messing with my mind but nonetheless a very stacked roster in front of him but Jackson McChesney when he's right folks has shown some things for BYU and his health only adds his health excuse me only adds to the depth for BYU there at running back and best wishes to him as he tries to get back on the field and resume his playing career this coming fall. All right, couple other notes for you guys and it, I got to 
give you as a tip of the cap. You guys were absolutely phenomenal having a lot of fun with this on social media. Uh, yesterday on social media, the New York Jets put out, name a random jet, and I had some fun with it. And I, on my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch, I answered A10 Warthog. Well, it was a random jet, let's be honest. But I actually threw it out on Locked On Cougars Twitter feed, the Locked On Cougars Twitter, and said, name a random BYU Cougar. And here's a sampling of the responses you guys sent in. Uh, Keltad sent in Matt Payne, Spence at Texas Cougars, fan, Jason Kukahiko, that's a throwback, Grant Nielsen at Grant Nielsen 2, Craig Cusick, uh, Easy Money Poppy says, Kyle Whittingham, crying laughing emoji, nicely played, Easy Money Pappy, Calvin Johnson at CJ Real Hoops 1 said, Colby Clawson, that dude that sacked Sam Bradford and set Oklahoma into a tailspin for the rest of the year, I remember Colby, a stud in his own right, another Colby came up, Matthew Detweiler, a good friend of the podcast saying, Colby Pearson, B. McGarry at McGarry 15 saying, Mike Young, our good friend Tricky Tanner Tricky T saying Colby Hodgkiss. Wow, that's a throwback. BYU underscore mob saying Bill Bryant. James Jimmy Jim saying Mark Bigelow. The Aggie Fan Dan saying Thatcher Olson. Nicely done and tagging Thatcher Olson in this. Blair Red, our good friend, his uncle Glenn Red, a star player in the 1980s, if I'm not mistaken there, Blair. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Also, uh, Mitch P underscore 87. Jared Lee, a safety in 2001. I had a response to that from Ben Bitter saying the general Obviously, speaking of Cameron Jensen, Blair Red also adding Devin Coggins in a second submission. Brian Gray comes in from I Like Sports 06. Uh, Dionisio, BYU Anime, says JJ D. Luigi. Ben Horton comes in from Kevin Williams at Kevin W0914. Jeff Myers, DPT at Schweiga981, says Aaron Warcup. Rodney McKee uh, actually corrects him. It was Robert Warcup. And Jeff Myers said it was so random, I forgot his first name, LOL. And then finally, Dane Coggins at Dane Coggins, weighing him with two names, Matt Bellini and Rodney Rice. That was a fun exercise, folks. We'll do more of that on our social media feed. If you guys have random Cougars, throw them out. It was a fun, fun thing to hear your guys' responses. I'm sure they were the first players that came to your mind, or some of you probably were trying to just dig and dig through BYU rosters of old to find a random name, but nonetheless, we appreciate you guys reaching out. All right, that is going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. Cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast. As always, follow the show on social media once again. Locked on Cougars. Find us on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Reach out to us there with any comments or concerns. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And as always, use our email address to reach out that way, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Now, a reminder for you once this wraps up to go check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get caught up on everything else going on in the sports world at large. In under 20 minutes, you can get it right here on whichever podcast variety you're listening to this podcast on. So once again, Locked On Today. All right, that's going to do it. Have a great weekend. I hope you guys are all doing great. Have some fun in the sun. Try and beat the heat here along the Wasatch Front. But nonetheless, enjoy it. And we will talk to you guys again next week. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 9th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. Monday.